McDonald's se está transformando en el mundo anime de McDonald's y te trae la nueva savory chili McDonald's sauce. Los mejores sabores se unen en esta legendaria salsa para que tus 10-piece chicken wackduggets, papitas y Sprite se conviertan en un meal ultra poderoso. Desbloquea un manga con tu meal y disfruta de un corto de anime cada semana. Solo en McDonald's. Badabababa, go! En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado hasta agotar existencias. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast, hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Welcome to the show. Hello, Tamarindo Amiguis. How are you, Ana Sheila? What's up, y'all? Soy muy bien. How are you? Very cool. Very great, I guess. And we have again <laughs> our, our uh, guest co-host, Jose Richard. Hola. And uh, for those of you that may have not heard our episode where he was already co-host with us, we um, have Jose Richard Aviles, who is a multimedia artist, urban planner, and social worker based out of Los Angeles. And as a former organizer and a current artist, Aviles is interested in intersection between space and justice, laughter and resistance, and the magic of the stage. Welcome back. Gracias. It's, I'm happy to be back for another episode. Yes. We're so excited to have you again. Aquí en la Ciudad de México. Okay. So... What we're going to talk about today is friendships and mm. friendship breakups. So first, I want to um, point out that we are coming out of this pandemic. We are emerging out of this pandemic. And I know, I don't know, this might be for me, and maybe it's the same case for you all. But this time, this this interesting year and a half that we've had has really pushed many of us to kind of reevaluate what's important to us. And that includes our relationships and that also includes our friendships. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to start there and, and just talk a little bit about um, if that rings true to you. Like, let's, let's start with you, Ana Sheila. Have you experienced a reevaluation of your, of your friendships since this pandemic? And if so, tell me about it. Un poquito, a little bit, but I feel like it sort of just happened organically. Like my network of friends sort of, it did become smaller because I couldn't spend time with that many friends, right? So I had to be very intentional about who I chose to spend time with because I just didn't have that much time. And so I think by in that way, I sort of had to think about what are the friendships I really want to continue to invest in and put in time, put time into. And so my, my network did get a little bit smaller just because Like I had to be intentional about who I wanted to spend time with. This was pre-pandemic? No, like pandem during, during the pandemic. During the pandemic. How about you, Jose Richard? Did the, the pandemic have an impact on your friendships? Yeah, I think similar to Ana Sheila, I think, you know, there were only like maybe three people outside of my immediate family that I was in connection with. Um, and I kept it much like that because I think at that moment, my priority was my nephew because I have a almost two-year-old oh nephew. Oh my gosh, lovely. And so I was like, if I have to choose between friendships and my nephew, I'm always going to choose my nephew. And so that network got instantly small, right? And I think because of that, it was how much I was exerting energy. And then also like on social media, Like, Soy Nalgona went from, like, 4,000 followers to 13,000 in the pandemic. And I was like, oh, I got, like, 
online friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, we don't have the time to bring in this um, listener's story into this particular episode, but let me just give you the gist of what um, this person said to us, that this person really relied on um, the community of online, the online community. And so uh, it's not surprising that, that, that mm-hmm. Soy Nalgona increased so much during this pandemic. And I think that that happened to us on Tamarindo. Mm-hmm. We were also building community online. And, and so that's interesting that you bring that up because I think that that's rings true for us. I have another question about the pandemic times. Did you all have a group text during the crazy times, during the Mm -hmm. wild times? And were you surprised of who was in that group text? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, well, I don't really talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, I had friends who were like, oh, maybe not group text, but it was like more like, you know, individuals that I was texting constantly all the time that it was like, oh, I don't you know, there was like so many relationships that just took different forms and realizing that even now I'm like, there's some friendships that I'm very happy that they're just digitally and I don't have to have the responsibility to see you. And, you know, I'm here committing to my work as an artist and not so much as French because they take work, you know what I mean? And it's not like horrible. It's like, I just wish you well. I'm not malintended. I just don't have that time right now, but I can send a text. It takes five minutes. Yeah. How about you, Anashayla? Were you in an interesting group text during the wild times? <laughs> well, not that interesting, but my, my best uh, college friends, we did sort of restart our, our group chat. I think we were probably like, oh, like just, you know, thinking about who matters to us. And we probably all went back to college like, oh, amigas, you know. So we have that and we started to, to meet uh, over Zoom. So that that happened mm. because of the pandemic. So that re-brought us together. So that was very cool. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm remembering that the group text I was in, I was like, I don't want to be in this group text. <laughs> so it took a minute to like detach from the one, like to, to extract the people I do want to talk to mm. from that group. And it's just interesting. But but also, so did you leave a group? <laughs> yeah, I had to start a new text. Well, shoot, how, how the hell did what, what's Brenda her face? Left. How did what's her face get in this freaking group text and the things you can't leave? Well, anyways, but also, but um, but yeah, definitely we had to think about who we want to spend time with because it came with a risk. Like who. Mm-hmm. There, before the pandemic, I was saying yes to all sorts of social things and going going to a lot of things that, uh, you know, happy hours that maybe you didn't necessarily want to go to, but you went and, and you of know, course. things, social things. But then when you were really forced to to consider who you spend time with at the at the potential risk of getting yourself and others sick, it really added an extra layer to mm-hmm. friendships. And we are going to take a second to just hear from a listener who also shared um, her thoughts on how she's looking at friendships a little bit differently after the pandemic. This pandemic has made me realize that the term friend is used differently by different people. For me, a friend is someone that I could see as a non-blood-related family member or an extension of my family, someone I'm close to and speak to, um, I wouldn't say constantly, but you know, frequently at least, that there's a connection between us. Whereas I've noticed a lot of people around me use the term friend very loosely, referring to acquaintances, people they meet, but don't know where to categorize. Just loosely, it feels as if it's without connection. And I've come to realize that I don't really want those people around me as friends. I want friends and friendships that value friendship. I want my friends to know now that the pandemic restrictions are easing and we're interacting more, that I see them as extensions of my family 
I see them as family. And I hope they see me the same way. As harsh as it sounds, I feel like I'm going to end up not necessarily cutting people out of my life, but definitely growing closer to those people that have remained true to my view of friendship, to those that have stayed close to me during this pandemic, that have kept contact with me. Those friendships, I feel, are going to grow a lot more now. And I don't see myself reconnecting with those friends that didn't, I don't know, that didn't put in the effort, I guess. That was great to hear. So this person is prioritizing those friends that, that checked in for her well-being during the pandemic. Now that we're coming out of it, mm -hmm. wh wh how are you approaching your friendships now? I think very similarly to that, right? Um, also, just uh, I developed a lot of anxiety. Um, and, I think, and I think because I, I went through a process of mourning a life that didn't happen, yeah. I now have to prepare myself for another process of reentry. Um, and so I think with that, it's also with some friendships. And so, uh, you know, I'm just being very mindful and intentional about the relationships that I'm building, especially, you know, as I'm thinking about transitioning to Mexico City. I'm yes. like, oh. <laughs> building community here is a little different now. But, you know, I definitely the friends who checked in and the friends who had me at my worst, because there was a moment where I hit rock bottom-ish during the pandemic. And there was maybe one or two people who were like, were there and checked in on me. And then there was someone who I thought would be that loving person who didn't check in on me and, you know, we are broken up. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you can have different level of friendships, right? Maybe yeah. have friends for, for more like acquaintances and then the people that you really open up with. And it's okay to have those boundaries, yeah, you know, boundaries. and I definitely have created those boundaries based on similar experiences as well. You know, one of the most, I think, viral tweets that I posted once was that boundaries should not be seen as limitations, but rather as invitations. Ooh, mm. I love that. You know, if, if I'm telling you I don't like one, two, and three, that doesn't mean you can't do four through infinity. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. But rather, I'm inviting you to love me the way I, des I deserve, not the way you suppose. Me encanta, matraca to that. So, Ana Sheila, I would love for you to kick us off here and tell us a little bit about about what is, why is it important to have good, healthy relationships, including friendships? Yeah. So it's actually uh, widely researched that having and maintaining friendships is important for our overall well-being. Community, like we're, we need community. And, you know, a lot of people call friendships the missing piece of the well-being puzzle. Some studies say that actually not being connected to others and having community can be as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. No manches. So it can lead to high blood pressure, damaged immunity, and poor sleep. Yikes. I mean, that's crazy about the cigarettes. That really kind of paints a picture. And also, according to the Harvard Business Review, 40% of U.S. adults report feeling lonely. And the former Surgeon General under Obama, Dr. Vivek Murthy, said loneliness in the United States is an epidemic. Yeah. And Jose Richard, about a year ago, we partnered with you to, to host a virtual event centered around pride and well-being because we really valued building community, especially in the absence of physical gatherings, which is mm -hmm. what was happening dur during COVID. So we would love our listeners to learn a little bit more about why you build community through your platform. So I know going to. Yeah. You know, it, it's so important because at the end of the day, I mean, it's community that brought me here. Right. You know, we say it takes a village, but it really does. Like I could not be the person that I am today without all of the people that brought me forward. And 
for me, it's very important. I have this little dicho that for me, dice, pobre nací, pero pobre no me moriré. Humilde nací y humilde me quedaré. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's very important to know where I come from. So no matter where I'm going, at least I know that I'm centering where I come from. And to me, that's super important. Um, and so building community through Soy Nalgona has been really, really fun. I mean, it's because the name is ridiculous. I feel I like... I love it. <laughs> me encanta. And you all should follow Soy Nalgona. <laughs> Gracias. Follow Jose Richard. And, and I think it's one of those things where it's, you know, body positivity, porque me ha costado un chingo amar este puto cuerpo. Pero se ama, se ama. Este, body positivity, radical joy, y mucha jotería. Because why not? We need more of it. That brand is fabulous. Nos yeah. encanta, nos encanta. And, um, you know, while friendships are important, and we talked about it, you talked about, Ana Sheila, how it's actually important for your, for your mental health, for your overall well-being. It's a calma all, all around to have good friends. What really matters, though, is quality friendships, right? Yeah. They have to, we, we don't want la toxica. So we're going to take a very, very short break, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to break up con esa toxica, or maybe time to evaluate si eres tú, si tú eres la, la, la toxica. La toxica. <laughs> so let's, let's take a short break. Okay, we're back. And now we're going to pivot a little bit and talk about friendship breakups because we know that these might be necessary as we're fostering healthy relationships. So we actually have a, a story from a listener and I want to read it for you all. Uh, we've edited it down for size and I want to hear your thoughts. So this is what this listener says. I once broke up with a friend of about 20 years because I decided I didn't want her know-it-all wasp superiority in my life anymore. I remember telling a longtime therapist about her and our interactions, and her impression was that this friend was a narcissist. I don't know if that's true, but it was like one day I felt I couldn't deal with her subtle condensation anymore. So I gave my friend, quote unquote, little explanation for the breakup. Looking back, I wonder how I could have handled it any more gracefully. I assume she couldn't change those things about herself that made me feel belittled. But then again, I never gave her a chance. Overall, I have to say that even though I feel some guilt over how I handle it, I would not change the decision. So I want to start with you, Anna Sheila. Can you relate to this experience? Did you ever have, a, uh, did you ever have to end a friendship to protect your well-being? Tell us about it. Yes, um, I did. I've had like one como official, like we're not friends anymore, like a full on breakup. <laughs> and it was a friend that I had so much fun with. After a breakup, she took me out and like, you know, I had my rotation phase, had so much fun. Rotation phase? <laughs> um, I, love, I love that. I had so much fun with her. Pero she era una toxica and somehow drama always followed her like she was a hot mess. She there was a lot of issues she still needed to work on. And I remember this one time she thought that I had different intentions that I did. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, no me conoces. Like, do you not know me? Like, how could you think that I would have ill intentions here? And something happened where I actually ended up yelling. And for me, like, if y'all know me, I'm, I'm pretty calmada, you know, I'm earth sign. Pero le grité, I yelled at her. And for me, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I don't for me to do that. I know that that was a sign that this was not a healthy friendship anymore. And I, and I had to tell her, like, I just feel like this is not a good fr friendship for either of us. I don't know if I'm mm. being what you need. And I, and I don't think that you're being what, what I need at this moment. But mm -hmm. I care for you. And, you know, maybe we can connect again. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you actually had to take like verbal steps to break it, break it up and end it. Yeah. And how did they take it? <laughs> 
I mean, she was kind of petty, so she also like took it as an opportunity to to throw me shade, which was fine. Like lo acepté, you know. Yeah. And I and I couldn't be what what she wanted me to be because I needed to keep my boundaries because I could tell like I needed to keep those boundaries to to have a healthy relationship and for my well being. Thank yeah. you for sharing. How about you, Hosa Richard? Any like official breakups or yeah. anything similar? Yeah. So interestingly enough, so I the per, the last person I was dating, I, we think we dated for about two years, but we've known each other for five years. The thing that brought us together and started dating was our friendship. Um, um, and the last time we saw each other, um, I told them something along the lines of like, look, I thought the world was going to end in November. And I don't know if I believe in marriage, but if someone were to ask me right now who I'd marry, it'd be you. And at the same time, that's one truth. And at the same time, I also know that I'm destined to be an artist. And as I look at that destiny, you're not in it. <laughs> wow. And they were two things that were truth, right? And the moral of that was like, yo no sé mañana. And like, now that I know these, these things are true, you're in this life now. So let's just, you know, love each other. But what ended up happening, I think, was that that was a moment where we realized we just were focusing so much on ourselves. So kind of, we just stopped communicating. And there was just distance. But we know each other so well that I know he knows because I'm usually the one that initiates. I'm the friend that checks in, like, literally, I'm, I'm on the toilet. And I was like, oh, I thought about you. <laughs> and, I, you know, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm that person. And so I, I know he knows that if I'm not the one initiating, then I'm doing my own thing. And I know if he's not the one initiating, then he is doing his own thing as well. So just knowing that, I know that we're, we're done. And But there is no... No, no hay rencor, no hay como, you know, if we ever come back and meet again, you know, we might be a little bit more cordial about it, but I mean, I still love that person. It was just like... McDonald's se está transformando en el mundo anime de McDonald's y te trae la nueva savory chili McDonald's sauce. Los mejores sabores se unen en esta legendaria salsa para que tus 10-piece chicken McDuggets, papitas y Sprite se conviertan en un meal ultra poderoso. Desbloquea un manga con tu meal y disfruta de un corto de anime cada semana. Solo en McDonald's. Badabababa, go! En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado hasta agotar existencias. I'm on a path and you're not in it. You're holding me back. Bye. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't fit into the, the destination, the future that you're looking for. You know what also can be toxic? Maybe not one friendship, but group friendships. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I have, uh, really quickly, I have a group of friends from high school. I went to undergrad out of state. And so when I left, I mean, I left and I changed. But when we all come together, mm. we they become 17 again and it's like oh no sorry i'm like you're not gonna talk about me the way that you did you know we i come from the hood right we talk shit about each other all the time it's how we it's our life love language which is toxic in itself but I, at 30 i'm like no i don't have to deal with y'all anymore so and again it was one of those things where it's like there is no hate towards them i just don't hang out with them as a group anymore they're still a group of friends and i'm just like do y'all not see your toxic behavior i'm down with one-on-ones with them but not in group settings yeah there's also the way dynamics might evolve as well. Yeah. Well, what I reflecting back at what this listener shared is that I think she's feeling like obviously she thinks this, it was the right choice for her to protect her, herself, but she's having a little bit of um, concern about whether she needed to give an explanation or not. Mm. And uh, it's interesting because I've been on the receiving end of, of being broken up with without an explanation, right? Mm. And it is actually very hurtful. It's very hurtful when 
when you reflect back and you, it's almost as, as hurtful or more hurtful than a romantic breakup. Because in a romantic breakup, usually there's like closure or maybe something there's not always closure, but there's like an official breakup, right? You know that you're no longer with that person. But when a friend doesn't have an official, hey, we can't be friends conversation and it's left ambiguous, it could be very hurtful. And so I've been on that, on the receiving end. Maybe I, maybe tal vez fui la tóxica. Now, reflecting back, um, and in this situation, it was also one of those uh, group dynamics, right? There was the four of us. We hung out all the time. And somehow uh, the two of us got broken up with by the other two with no explanation, right? Mm-hmm. And the two of us, we were mourning that. We were mourning this foursome, this great group of friends that we would hang out all the time, all these group pictures, and we didn't have the explanation. But now that I have um, eyesight, you know, the 2020 or hindsight, what is that word? What expression? Hindsight, hindsight is 2020. 2020. There you go. Looking back, I think that the friend and I that are still friends together, I believe that we were perhaps a little bit judgmental and perhaps mm-hmm. we were less toxicas. Tal vez we were less toxicas and those people needed to protect themselves because mm-hmm. we were so much muy judge- we're so judgmental. And así somos, ni modo. So <laughs> I, I appreciate, even though it was very hurtful to not have an explanation, I have the maturity and the reflection to know that sometimes people need to make these choices that, that protect self. Mm-hmm. And, and of, of, of course, I've been also on the, uh, you know, with the one to end friendships. And what is also in this listener's story is this, um, this, this person she broke up with is a know-it-all wasp that was condescending. Listen. And I know I've definitely ended some relationships because of politics. Has that emerged for any of you? Any in like political ideologies being the source of the breakup? Yes. Yeah. I, it, I think it's a little complex for me because I came out at, at a very young age. I came out at eight years old and then was doing a lot of youth work organizing around like 14, 15 um, in queer spaces, right? And so a lot of the people that, I, that were other queer community were other queer white folks. And then it was kind of like, okay, cool that's what i know and these are the community that i have and then unpacking that it was like oh but you would never understand what it's like to be from the hood oh okay no and i think now as i'm older like i've spent 15 years as an organizing trying to get people to understand our you know our experience and marriage equality and all that and now i'm like como dijimos you know (laughs) i stay now i'm just spending more time defending my own and it's like, no, I don't, if you don't understand how, like, my my favorite is folks who are like, reverse racism is real. Oh, and no. I'm like, oh, ya estuvo, terminado. Yeah. No, ninguna segunda <laughs> cita. Unfollow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know for me, well, one of the friends that I totally, totally dumped was because she didn't understand the existence of white privilege. It was mm. so bizarre. And, sh- and then I later found out she made some homophobic comments to my gay friends at, at our wedding. So bye, block. On, like, I didn't give her an explanation. I was just like, goodbye, yeah. block. No, I don't need someone that, that doesn't see the humanity in yes. other humans. What about you, Ana Sheila? Um, I've never had como friends that were totally opposites, but I've had ones where I'm like, mm, they've made comments. I'm like, mm, and then I just sort of created those, those boundaries. Like, okay, that's not someone I'm going to have a close friendship with. One last thing I'll say too, is I have like different categories of friends. I have my milk and cookie friends that I can't talk about going out to a club and having a whole bunch of fun. Then I have my other friends that I can only talk about going out to the club. Mm. They're not going to talk about like. I don't know, critical race theory. You know, you kind of have to know which friends you're going to hang out with and and talk to about what. But overall, though, I would say that I want to celebrate the friendships where I could be truly myself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking about being truly yourself, we actually have a really, really great story of a friendship breakup, this time from artist Valtin Mera regarding his transition. So we're going to listen to that right now. 
Hola Brenda y Ana Sheila, my name is Valentin Mera and I am a singer-songwriter. I self-produce all of my music. I am also a trans man. Thanks for letting me share my perspective on friendship breakups. I feel it's important to normalize breakups with people, not just when it's romantic. A friend should be a sacred, safe space. I had a friend for over 30 years. We went to school in Peru and reconnected in Miami. Due to the amount of years the friendship had, I continuously tried to ignore her unkind comments. Like when I reconnected with my dad in Ecuador and he flew me over and I met my eight brothers and sisters. So I was over the moon. I shared my trip with her when I arrived to LA and she said, so now you also have a perfect father that makes you feel like you have a family now. Uh, another one, once we were adults, she learned that my mother was extremely abusive. And she said, when we were kids, I thought you had a perfect life. Now I am glad you were miserable. In 2018, I transitioned from female to male. I was a Latin pop singer. My name was Diana Mera. I have been in music for 20 years. The last music video I did was Amarame. The few covers I did with my previous voice and image, uh, it was an homage to who I was. And I leave this person, you know, frozen for my loved ones that would never be able to see Diana again. I went for coffee with this friend and she said, do you think you can call that a music video? That should not be called a music video. No one will get it. No one will listen to your music. In order to do something like that, you would have to be a celebrity. When I dropped her home, I said, let's take our last selfie. And she laughed and I laughed. Uh, we didn't talk for a year. And when the pandemic hit, she DM'd me to join a schoolmate Zoom call. And I replied, we are not friends anymore. Let's not repeat the past. Telemundo sent cameras to my home, featured Amarame and my new song Encantador. And now, just a few days ago, the story was nominated for an Emmy. Clear your path. Thank you. Triunfando. You see, verdad? Oh my God, I love it. I mean, success is the best revenge. So <laughs> listen, so many things. Yes. Any additional thoughts to that powerful story? To me, it sounds a lot of like what what we call in social work pro projection identification. So I think that the the friend was projecting a lot of their own insecurity. Eso era envidia, amiga. Porque en español se dice lo que te choca te checa, y eso fue mucho de eso. De que como like, oh, I'm happy your your childhood was also miserable. Low girl, that's your trauma. Don't bring it up to me. Oh God, no, gracias. Mm -mm, totally projecting. Projecting, mm -mm, yeah. Toxica, toxica. No, but, but, I, I, but I love how that story ended, though. <laughs> right, like Emmy nominated. Yay. And then all, all, all of a sudden, I'm sure the friends going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. Mm. I know. I love Exacto. it. Exacto. Like, exactly. they, all of a sudden, they come out of the woodwork. Sí, sí, I knew sí. her since, like, you know, she was a baby or whatever. And, and, and I will say, though, I think there's something important, I mean, in that story. But I think mm. this person was very toxic about it. The comment about, well, like, is that really a music video? I think it is important to have friends who are going to be critical of your work because they know your capacity, right? So I have... I have a friend who has called some of my projects mediocre and I was like oh my god but you know she was like I know your capacity and you didn't put in the work that you know you can mm -hmm. put into this project so you getting like a B in this project it, you deserved it and so I think it's important to to have friends who are going to call you in and hold you accountable to what you your best version is right but it's not that you know like right. is you sure you a music no girl right. it's not yeah. that and it's not it, those passive aggressive right. comments and it, so it comes back to the importance of like having your small circle of friends like mm -hmm. knowing setting those boundaries again who are the people you can really trust mm -hmm. that are not just like como que no son envidiosos que really they're, like they're trying to do their have be their best self they want you to be your best self y no van a entrar todos estos judgment and all these other things that's mm -hmm. true and, and actually this reminds me of a good point that um, 
my you know, I mentioned my foursome that I mentioned that we mm-hmm. had the, that breakup and that made me think maybe I was the talk maybe we were the toxic guys. But um, the, the the friend that I'm still obviously very very close friend, she's definitely one of these people that really matter to me that that will give you the honest feedback that will hold you accountable because también it's not good to have these constant cheerleaders, right? You need someone to to give you that true and honest feedback. Mm-hmm. So. Another way to look at the breakup and the foursome is that I do think that part of the things that led to the breakup is that we did witness one of our friends just kind of putting herself in situations that um, just weren't the best for her. And so we what came off as judgment was us saying, checking her, right, the accountability. Mm -hmm. So there's also that sometimes folks don't want to be held accountable and then we'll push you away. So there's a little bit of everything. Point is, friendships are complicated, but it's worth working on because they're great. Having positive relationships is great for your mental mental health, your overall well-being. And so we hope that today we'll have you all reflect a little bit on your relationships, who you're prioritizing, who you might need to cut off, and who you maybe need to check in check in with, right? Because mm-hmm. it's been a, a little while. Any final thoughts on maybe someone that's currently considering um, how to approach a friend breakup? Do you have any anything to add? I think really centering to why, right? Being centered in who you are and really sticking to that. Using I statements is so important, y'all. Like I statements, I think it's very important in all types of relationships and how you communicate because at the end of the day, not a lot of folks don't have an insight to your process. And I think being able to just share the process along the way, you'll find that maybe doesn't have to end being a breakup, but there can be compromise. But I think for me, it's super important to know, like I know that this relationship is no longer working for me because of one, two, and three. I love this. And just being very mindful of that because then you can just make it more toxic and you end up in a rabbit hole and it becomes a drama. You might end up yelling. So just being very sure of why it is that this relationship has to end. Such a good tip because it's never helpful to be like, you do this and you do that. So start with I. How about you, Anishayla, anything? Well, the last thing I'll just say is, like we shared, friendships are are really important for your well-being, but your well-being is going to be guided by the types of relationships. Mm. that you have no and so it may be scary to to have breakups whether it's with friends family or or partners obviously but remembering that you know we need to put our well-being first and loss is okay sometimes sometimes people are meant to be in our lives for a particular period we can honor that period and let people let people go Wonderful. Well, this whole conversation around friendship is a calma practice. So we are going to move on to basuras y matracas after a teeny tiny little break. Um, we're back from the break. So why don't we start with some basuras? <laughs> so, Jose Richard, uh, anything you want to throw in la basura? You want to cancel person, place, thing? Listen, I am right now having this feeling about the certain person. I, I'm, you know what? I have nothing just to lose. Melissa Barrera, excuse me. Let's explain who she is para, para los que no sepan. Es que miren, Melissa Barrera, yo he tenido ya two encounters with this person and I'm just not okay, you know, cast it as Vanessa in, in the Heights, the movie. Um, I could never see a musical done about South Central, but that's another story. <laughs> but I'm just no longer okay with like 
uh, actors and talent getting casted in the name, the name of representation and their politic is basura. Like, not because you just, you know, claim the Latina card. Like, no, you're a white sicken baby and white sickens are triggering because they're reminders that the colonizer never left. Boom, I said it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> That's so my basura. Basura, basura, basura. Yeah, and, and I think she's the perfect example of like, yeah, like a Mexicana, a Mexican that doesn't realize her privilege. Yeah. Like, she hasn't had the self-awareness to check herself on it. Sí. Mira, hermana, Polanco no South Central. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, just because no. you were on Vida, like, you know, just because you were on the show. You're not from East LA. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, what do you want to add to that, A couple notes to this. I have a, a matraca that is a backhanded basura. Back to Melissa. Okay. So, my <laughs> matraca, I know, there's layers here. My matraca goes to um, Daniel, Daniel Hernandez from the LA Times, Los Angeles Times. I love him. He's great. He's one of the writers there. And when In the Heights came out, by the time you're all listening to this, there's been all kinds of think pieces and opinions about In the Heights. I love the musical, but I also accept the, you know, yes and, right? It's both. Yes, yes, I also yes. accept the criticism. And there was this great piece uh, by the LA Times by three three of the writers, three Latino writers, and, and Daniel Hernandez. I love that as he, just, he, as he wrote um, a blurb, kind of he was critical of the casting of Melissa mm. because... Aparte de que don't put a mic in front of her porque la va a regar. Number one, <laughs> don't fucking put a camera in front of her. Oh. You, you, you casted her in the Heights, people. So first of all, bad choice in casting. Pero bueno, um, he in his piece, I like that he said, you know, Melissa, blah, 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 de Monterrey, Mexico. Like, you know, there's, I understand what he was saying. Claro. And I just, I just want to say shout out to that whole piece. And we'll link it in the show notes. But um, just, just shout out to having the... The, um, you know, the layers of being able to, men but the fact that he mentioned that ella es de Monterrey is signal, right? You, ya sabes sí. que tipo de mexicana es. Sí. So don't put the fucking mic in front of her. Don't put a camera in front of sí, her. Claro. And then we won't have this problem. Claro. <laughs> and you, uh, the last thing I'll say is this, because we literally, I, I said her name out there. So, uh, you know, in my hood, listen, I put it out there. Melissa, my name is Jose Richard Aviles. At Soy Nagona, roll up. <laughs> I'm into the dialogue. Pero está bonita la chava. Okay, bueno. Uh, um, and any, um, any matracas? Because I, I, you know, I, my matraca was in the way of a basura. Sí, sí, sí. A ver, ¿cómo vas? Anything este, to celebrate? Pues the first one that comes to mind is I want to give a matraca to Jose Richard just Ay, for, no, for joining us on this episode. For being with us, for bringing your, your joy and your magia and being yourself. And I think you're inspiring a lot of people. And, I am, and I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. You know what? Let me also honor someone that comes with me. I'm going to honor my matraca is for Dr. Destiny Thomas. She is a CEO and founder of the Thrivens Group, which is a for-profit urban planning firm that is really radicalizing how we do community engagement within the urban planning uh, field. And actually, on June 19th, que ya pasó hace poco, we they hosted a 23-hour uh, digital protest where we are unpacking what it means to be radical within urban planning. Me encanta. También somos urban planners aquí. Sí, de todo. Um, where can people find you and keep keep up with you, Jose Richard? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at soynalgona and on Twitter at soy la más nalgona. Someone, <laughs> someone already had soy nalgona. I was like, Patty, and I was like, pues soy, soy la más. Okay. Well, with that, um, that wraps up our episode. So, everybody, hasta la próxima. Ponte un suéter. Calmate, te calmo. Chao. Bye. <laughs> Tamarindo Podcast is part of Sonoro Media. It is hosted by Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. Producer Jeff provides original music and Michelle Andrade edits the show. Follow us on Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast and on Twitter at Tamarindo Cast. 
support our show by sharing this episode with a friend, writing us a review on Apple Podcasts, or contributing financially to the show. All contributions, big or small, help us keep bringing you great conversations and free or low-cost events. To get in touch with us or to support us, please go to tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.